0: This show is brought to you by the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only app you need to dominate fantasy football and become your own expert. In this app is fantasy player cards with every single fantasy viable stat, fantasy player grades, usage charts, start sit tools, who to draft tools, player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, and every stat an advanced stat you need, including stats you can only find at Broto Fantasy that are proven winning stats, including true throw value, true target value, true performance value, adjusted air yards, and true matchup ranking. All this and more is available right now for free. All you have to do is go to anywhere you download apps and type in Fantasy Football by Brodo, and you just download it and become your own expert. Dominate your fantasy leagues with the only tool you need today. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrodoFantasy.com and the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only tool you need to dominate fantasy football if you are listening that probably means that you had yourself a successful weekend and we want to make it an even more successful weekend merry christmas and happy holidays to everyone out there currently in of hanukkah so those celebrating hanukkah as well happy hanukkah we're here for you we're here to make any holiday you celebrate also be a celebration of a fantasy football championship, and the way that we're doing that is we're bringing you the, the Broto Fantasy Football Podcast a day early. That's right. It's me, your boy, Tim, and here with my brother, Michael. What's up, Mike? Ew. So let's let's just run down a little programming note before we even get started. Today, me and Michael are going to be going down every single game that's going to be going on on Saturday. If you don't know already, if you're a little bit out of the loop, the main slate is is Saturday? There's eleven games on Saturday this week, and that's because Sunday is Christmas Day. Also, the birthday of somebody, Jesus, and also Tim. Tim, yes, yeah, my birthday. Tim Tim's turning thirty-four. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, an old. I'm You're an old. About to be man. A, I'm about to be a thirty-four-year-old dad of two. You're an hell, old the hell old happened? man. I was just in college yesterday. You know what's funny? I was cleaning out some stuff, and I found like tickets to my college, um, like prom it was' not like a prom but it was like a college version of a prom in the suit jacket and I was like yeah that probably is a, a sign that I got to get rid of the suit jacket but um yeah what was I saying yeah anyway so we're gonna do that and then me and Matt are gonna come to you tomorrow and we're gonna preview the Sunday and Monday games so again me and Michael today getting those Saturday games and then me and Matt tomorrow night uh going over those Sunday games on the regular schedule program the the Jets you know, you know I love you guys because the Jets are going to be on on Thursday night, and I'm going to be podcasting for you, and not watching their island game. That's how you know, I well, well, I guess not only watching their island game, definitely watching it, but while <laughs> podcasting. Uh, Michael's going to be at that game. Yep. Lucky bastard.
1: I might go to uh, Dollar Tree, and get one of those like ponchos. It's supposed to be raining tomorrow, bro. So we'll see. Get stop stop
0: yourself stop yourself from the cheapness of the ponchos of the Dollar Tree. I got you. Come to me. I got a whole raincoat. My my wife's a hiker. Raincoats come in handy all the time. Yo, take take. I mean, it. I've
1: never worn a poncho in my life. I was just thinking what Fuck should I ponchos. wear? Fuck ponchos.
0: It's it's a piece of plastic that gets annoying. It's you're gonna take it off. Come come get this raincoat from me. You could borrow it for the day. I might have to take you up on that. Yeah, offer. man, come get it. Uh anyway, uh Michael's gonna be there. It's going to be nice. be sure. rooting hard for Garrett Wilson. If you want to listen to Michael, by the way, uh, talk about the game, patreon.com slash fantasy. He previews a Thursday game every single week on the free <coughs> patron pod, uh, and they also have waivers there. And no, as, Well,
1: not free patron pod on the patron. Well,
0: free for patrons. Yes. I guess not
1: really free. So no, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Take away free <laughs> on the patron free, pod. Free, free.
0: Um, and free in like the 21st century sense. Of the word free, like subscription one of those service yeah, free
1: the commercials, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pay good. pay twenty nine ninety nine a month and get a free calendar. Right, right, right. So I I don't know what not not necessarily, but yeah, I hear you. Who wants a free calendar?
0: <laughs> Yo, we should make a proto calendar.
1: We'll send you a calendar if you sign up tomorrow. Why
0: are you saying these false things to the people? Are you going to do a calendar? Yeah. Who wants a Michael? But it's only positions of Michael like. But I saw this actually a really good calendar it, some a family that this girl I used to go to college with did a a photo shoot in Costco and it's like uh with her fa- with her brothers and they gave it to their parents and it's just like twelve pictures of them doing like funny things in Costco interesting yeah I thought that was mad funny I bet you dad and mom would love that
1: I went to Costco last week and I you know the the samples are always nice but we got there kind of late so the only sample we got was a a Lindor truffle, you know, the chocolates, which are mad good. I don't know why they were giving those out as a sample to begin with. You know, they were trying to get you to buy the big pack. Yeah. But that was the only sample we got. I was like, damn. Too late. Lindor shuffle is also what they call
0: signing Carl's Correa in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're Mets fans, too. LGM, let's go Mets. All right, so, um, yeah, uh, you know, Patreon.com slash brought a fantasy for, the, for that, for the, the tons of extras uh the fantasy football by brodo app if you don't if you're listening to this and you don't already have the fantasy football by brodo app like come on man come on every single stat that we're using today to talk about these teams you can get it on the app this is basically a fantasy football expert in your pocket app anything you need right there and it's very simple also, player Tim, cards I'm going to
1: cut you off real quick just to say since you brought up Carlos Correa the brodo dugout is also part of the Patreon facts um it doesn't end after after the season, we still have podcasts and such, and then you also get um, my fantasy baseball rankings and targets and fades and things of that sort. Last year was glorious, if I'm being honest. I mean, I I picked out. I tro- told people to draft Ansby Swanson, Nate Lowe, Tristan McKenzie, Cal Quantrill late, and they were all like tremendous picks. And it, there was it was a lot of good, a lot of goodness. So if you like fantasy baseball, stick around.
0: Michael also uh, has the numbers to back it up. He's like a top ten expert every single year.
1: That was top five. Two years ago in three separate positions. There you go. Boom.
0: Damn. Three, top five in three separate positions. That's what you call a domination. Um, all right. So with that being said, sign up for Patreon, download the app, and let's get into this. What do you say? We're already five minutes in, Michael. I'm surprised you haven't yelled at me yet.
1: Eh, it's not the news, you know. I don't mind the banter. <laughs> just I don't want the news going too long. <laughs> all right. Let's get into the longest news segment
0: ever uh, with the first... This is going to be honestly a bunch of injury reports, and I just want to put this out there that since the games are on Saturday, usually Wednesday reports don't mean shit. But this is now like a Thursday practice report. So definitely something to keep an eye on. But the Friday practice report is the most important since for the Saturday games. Stay with me. The Friday par- practice, the Sat. let's see, I'm not even oh, going. the Thursday practice report is going to be really like the Friday practice report. So me and Matt will also bring you a news section tomorrow to kind of shore up some of the details that might not be certain now that we're going through the news. If that makes – I hope that made sense. All right, let's get to the first one. DJ Dallas was limited in Wednesday's practice. Cool. Uh, Marquise Goodwin was limited in Wednesday's practice. This is interesting. Uh, This is a wrist and an ankle injury. Having joint problems, Marquise Goodwin – I talk about him a little later. He, I feel like he's a sleeper this, this week. He's taking Tyler Lockett's spot. Uh, Tyler Lockett's got surgery on a broken finger. Uh, they say that Tyler Lockett might come back as early as next week, which would be kind of nuts. Um, but if he does do that, I think Marquise Goodwin does have a little streaming appeal in a game that you have to imagine the Seahawks are going to pass the ball a lot.
1: Yeah, I think Marquise Goodwin is a pretty solid flyer type of flex play if you're in a pinch. and like. For instance, the you know the uh, the Brown Saints game is supposed to be terrible weather. Like if you were planning on starting a Chris Olave or something, it might sound crazy, but it might need to shift and start someone like Marquise Goodwin instead.
0: I am sitting Chris Olave in the playoff matchup.
1: I mean, they're saying 30 mile per hour sustained winds, gusts up to 60. It's one of the lowest totals in the last 20 years right now. If that doesn't change, it's going to be very hard to trust anyone in the passing game.
0: And I mean. In all honesty, we have to we have to, you know, acknowledge that Chris Olave has been hot trash lately too.
1: Not hot trash. I mean, he hot hasn't trash. been as good as he was in the beginning of the year, but hot trash I think is oversimplifying it.
0: I, I don't know, man. If if you go down his game login, I'm actually pulling that up right now We're on the Fantasy Football today. by Brodo app, his last five games have been wide receiver fifty nine, wide receiver seven. Wide receiver, 38, 39, 51. He's been hot trash.
1: I mean, he's, he's also DNP in practice, so we'll see. Uh,
0: not, not good, not Rashid good.
1: Rasheed Shaheed week.
0: I mean, he's been great. Uh, Ken Walker did not practice on Wednesday. The, according to this report, uh, by the way, I'm getting this from Roto World, AI, a.k.a. NBC Sports Edge. According to this report, Ken Walker, um, this might just be rest for him because of the injury that he had previously.
1: Yeah, he played his normal role last Sunday. Um, You haven't gotten to it yet. I don't know if it's on their list, but Noah Fant also didn't practice, which makes me feel a little bit better about Ken Walker not practicing because Noah Fant doesn't seem to be dealing with any sort of injury. I think they're just kind of – it's a short week keeping their guys, trying to keep them healthy. It's a must-win game. Um, So tomorrow, obviously, Ken Walker would need to get at least, like, a limited practice in, but right now I'm not, like, overly concerned about it. Uh Antonio Gibson was limited in Wednesday's
0: practice. Uh, he continues to be part of a backfield that's completely unpredictable. Um Yeah, it's been the Brian Robinson show. So. Yeah, but I mean it's been him with the with the receptions and getting more snaps and so it been every time Brian Robinson steps on the field he gets the ball. Beat Rob That was an interesting response to what I said. Uh, (laughs) Brock Purdy was limited in Wednesday's practice. Uh, Christian McCaffrey was limited in Wednesday's practice. Both of those are probably not big deals to worry about. Uh, Jeff Wilson was limited in practice, and so was... Uh, Deontay Johnson, who did not practice, this is something that Deontay Johnson. That's another been one they're
1: saying he's gonna. Mike Tomlin basically said he's gonna play, even though he didn't practice. Yeah,
0: today. he's been missing practice like crazy. Najee Harris missed practice, probably not something to worry about. Ramondre Stevenson was was limited in practice. Uh, I would imagine that he put in work. Yeah, he put in work last week. If anyone was like, "Oh man, you know, I don't know if I can trust Ramondre after coming," um, like he he was injured. No, like my man. Yeah, some people made ball. some
1: very bad decisions. Sitting Ramondre Stevenson. Like, I I tempered my expectations a little bit. Like, I put him at, like, RB15 in my rankings instead of, like, RB7. But some people started some bad running backs over Ramondre Stevenson. when Like, once he was active, how do you not start him with the way he's been playing this year? And just so you know, we have a Starts It show
0: called Crunch Time here. If you don't already tune into Crunch Time, <coughs> it is a good time on a Sunday morning. But this week, it's going to be on a Saturday morning. Uh, the main get, slate on Saturday is so strange. Red zone on a Saturday. Yeah, red zone on a Saturday. I already told my wife, and she's not, she's, this is, this is one that might get some wives angry.
1: Eh. The NFL weekend might get some wives angry. That's true, because then there's games on Christmas Day as well, so you know that's going to be on the TV.
0: Right, and you know, Christmas Eve is usually the family day, you know, especially
1: because it's a Saturday. I feel like I'll probably, I'll I'll watch football, the one o'clock games, maybe the four o'clock games. You know, have red zone on in the background, but then maybe do some family things.
0: Yeah, I already told Maria it's, it's going to be it's going to be one my from like ten thirty to four thirty. I'm I'm footballing. Are we but watching after, together? But after that, we can you know I can. I Are we watching
1: together? We could. Sounds good to me. All right, you can uh, cheer. Uh, you could cheer on my team with me. We're not we're not going to be with Johnny who um, is going to be. oh, no, Johnny's not going to be working. Johnny just tested positive for COVID. Shout yeah, out to man. Johnny. Ugh. Johnny's then, missing
0: Christmas because of COVID for the second straight year. Second trigger. straight year. Ugh, man.
1: The only two times he's tested positive have happened to be the same exact time, back-to-back years. To he's, he's got a flight Christmas. on the 26th. Yeah, but with these days, you know, after like five days, you're like, just wear a mask and you're good.
0: Yeah, I mean, my my principal just had COVID, and after five days, she wore a mask and then had everyone in the room for a, for a, <laughs> for a meeting. So... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Who knows these days, man? Honestly, who knows? Um, but let's get back to business. J.K. Dobbins, not on the injury report. That's great news. Um, T. Higgins, full participant in practice on Wednesday. That's great news. Yeah, he was back last week, so you're playing T. Higgins. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Brandon Cooks, practicing in full for the Titans this week. Interesting lame. D- development there. <laughs> yeah, uh, very lame. Uh, like you, like Michael said, Chris Olave did not practice on Wednesday. Jarvis Landry did not practice on Wednesday. David Njoku was limited in practice, but uh, odds are he plays. Uh, Zevin Knight. Zonovan.
1: Z- what did I say? Zevin? <laughs> he decided his name was Kevin with a Z? Nah, there's, there's definitely a Zevin Knight out there. A Zev- I'll look it up, but, I mean, why are you so certain there's a Zevin Knight?
0: Basketball player Zeven Zevin Knight? <laughs> come on. Come on. Come on. See. Michael's Googling it right now, guys. Yeah.
1: Zeven Knight. No, there's a lot of Kevin Knights. There's, no <laughs> there's no Zevin Knights. There's no Zeven Knight.
0: I not, not according to Google. I once c- taught a kid named Zevin.
1: There's Zevin Proper on Instagram. Maybe
0: Zevin Knight is the, was the last name because I can't remember his name off the top of my head. His last name. Maybe that was his last there's name. There's
1: a Dan Zevin. No, that's not him. Finding inner peace. He might be an author. All right,
0: let's. Where we're, Michael is, you're getting me off track today, Mike. Um, Corey Davis was removed from the injury report. He'll play. That's good news for Zach Wilson. Always, always a favorite of Zach's. Yeah. Uh, Greg Rosenthal was the only person who gave Zach Wilson any credit for the last week, and I know that you guys probably are like, oh, here comes Tim again. I want you to just
1: really. Here just comes Tim again. Here comes Tim. Watch, again.
0: watch the game again. They
1: have a watch a, the game again. Tush, watch man. the game again. They have like
0: a, a, a like a six minute YouTube video where they isolate just um, Zach Wilson's throws, and everyone's always talking about oh does, yo. There was legitimately like five drops in that game as well, including including a touchdown pass that was right in the hands of of
1: Jeff Smith, and he just dropped it. Dropped it. He missed a lot of easy throws. No, yo, no he went eighteen for thirty five. He did make some very good throws as well, but. He I'm needs just saying to he looked a
0: lot better in that game than he has than he has looked. He looked a lot better. Well, there was that, progress made. Hopefully that continues tomorrow night. I kind of like the jet with the Jets man. They played three backup quarterbacks. They got win they got three wins against backup quarterbacks. I think that this team the, getting those wins was kind of like a it was actually bad for the team because when you're winning and you you don't really have time to develop your rookie quarterback. If we weren't winning, then I think the development continues, but who
1: knows? No. Nah, the Jets are a legit good team. Uh, I'm glad there's wins. Whoa.
0: I did not know it was this serious. This is taking me by surprise. Michael, I don't know if you knew this. Tannehill is out the season. Tannehill is very likely out for the season. That's why
1: I said prior to the show we were talking, and I said, you can't trust a because Malik Willis is like a I that. knew he was out. I knew he was there
0: for the day. Oh, yeah. It was bad. Oh, my God. Jeez. Man, yo, the TTV King, you think his career is over now? You think that's no, it?
1: he'll get another drop. Um, well, J- he's 33, 34. It's not like
0: he's 100 years old. That's true. That's true. Josh Allen is practicing in full for Week 16. Fantastic news. Uh, Traylon Burks practice on Wednesday, so they desperately need a receiver, uh, especially now. Um, Corlin Sutton was limited in practice. He might play. Corlin Sutton, I feel like, is a... Uh, is definitely a, If you have Corlin Sutton on your team and you know for a fact you're not going to be playing him in, within the next two weeks, he's a landmine type player. If you know what I am what I mean by that is drop him. Drop him for someone that you want, maybe a backup defense, a block. Drop him. You don't need him, especially if your league, which I think is a is no-brainer. If your league locks pickups for anyone who's not in the playoffs, if it's not a keeper league, it's a redraft league. I don't understand the perspective of anyone in a non-keeper who says everyone should be picking up people at all times. Like, no, they shouldn't. Unless there's a prize for highest score or a punishment for lowest score. Like, besides that, there's no reason. So, with that being said, put Corlin Sutton on the wire. Put him there. And if a team has, like, a Chris Olave or a, like, a, a player that a Marquise Goodwin. And they're like, oh, shit. Corlin Sutton's on the wire. Let me go pick him up. That's exactly what you want to see. That's exactly what you want. Especially if you're playing against that guy. Um, All right. Let's keep it going. Uh, Broncos Ked head coach said, Nathaniel Hackett said, Russell Wilson is a full go this week. Yay. Yay. Let Russ cook. And, yeah. I, I let Russ cook and he cooked me
1: hot dogs with... Piss. Hot dogs, one of the most overrated foods in the history of the universe. Hot dogs are ridiculously whack.
0: Like, next level whack. Um, All right. That might be a hot take. I think I might have just lost a few fans, to be honest. Uh, Colt McCoy uh, will not play in this game. Chase McSorley. It's going to be Chase McSorley, man. It's official. Um, Did not look good last week. Uh, 29 passing yards. Uh, In his career, 166 yards and three interceptions. Uh, let's hope that that gets better for your fantasy team's sake. Lamar Jackson did not practice on Wednesday. He's not going to play. This is an interesting one. Nick Chubb did not practice on Wednesday. If Nick Chubb doesn't play, if you kept Kareem Hunt on your team all this time, congratulations, he's finally usable. Yeah, that would be uh, quite the turn of events. Uh, Jalen Hurts was not seen to practice at this point. It's pretty much assumed that it's going to be Gardner Minshew, especially considering where the Eagles are in the season. And the nature of the shoulder injury. I think that, you know, Jalen Hurts is definitely not going to play this game.
1: Doesn't seem that way.
0: Unfortunate. Unfortunate injury. Trevor Lawrence is questionable for Week 16. Psych. Uh, Offensive coordinator Pep Hamilton of the Texans said that the team would continue rotating quarterbacks in Week 16. Jeff Driscoll's tight end dreams came to a crashing halt last week when he was hardly used. Uh, But he was used. He's, he's going to be like Taysom Hill. It's, it's Taysom Hill light, and that includes when Taysom Hill scores four points. You know, Jeff Triscoll get you 2.5. That's what, that's what it, life is like as, as Taysom Hill light. Like. Michael Parsons did not practice uh, if you're starting the Cowboys defense. Matt Ryan benched again. Oh, whoa. For Nick Foles No one saw this one coming Especially me I wasn't I haven't been saying that Ryan sucks for the last few years um, Yeah but It's it's gonna be Nick Foles So I don't know What they're really doing over there Good luck to them um, Does How does this Like affect your outlook On the guys that are actually Gonna matter Like no one's starting Nick Foles in their fantasy leagues But guys are starting Michael Pittman Guys are starting Paris Campbell What's your opinion On how this change Affects that
1: not uh, not ideal by any means. Um, Nick Foles is clearly not like a high end quarterback in the league, and I mean Michael Pittman, uh, Paris Campbell and company were already kind of turning down recently. Um, Michael Pittman sucked when Sam Ellinger was at QB. Like, uh, I, Michael Pittman, I, I never thought he really made sense at ADP this year, and he's been a letdown because of various factors, but. He's not someone I'm super excited about this week. Now that Nick Foles is that QB,
0: yeah, that that makes two of us. I, although I don't think it's a much of a downfall. It could be even
1: a. It's not a. Stop it.
0: You know, Matt Ryan is playing so poorly, Michael. Like you can't, you can't. He's honestly, not worse than Nick Foles. Man. How do you know though? You haven't seen Nick Foles play in a, in a while. Is it that hard to get over a hundred and he had a, he got a hundred and eighty six yards and a touchdown, and blew a thirty three point
1: lead. Like, I mean, they also ran forty-seven times. Not actually, but who knows? Maybe actually.
0: Uh, I thought you were serious. I was like, ah, there's no way that was—that's was too many. All right, uh, Devin Duvernay, uh, will be out for two months. That effectively ends his f- season. Definitely his. Devin his Duvernay fantasy season. Has
1: seemingly been out for months already. So, they
0: signed Sammy Watkins. Wow. Uh, I mean, this any fantasy value for Watkins? He's the only guy in town. No oh, man. Uh Nico Collins did not practice on Wednesday. Uh so take keep an eye on that if you are uh, So they were
1: ended up running 43 times. So 47 was close. Yeah, that was close.
0: Still Still. How many times did they pass the ball? It had to be like 30 times, huh? 33. <laughs> Scrub. Um Chase practice was limited in Tuesday's practice. I mean t- Chase practice. Yeah, Chase Claypool was limited in Thursday's Claypool. Um yeah, so how are you feeling about – <laughs> Michael's giving me the – Michael yeah, while I was asking. Enough, uh, I, I <laughs> lost my train of thought because Michael's looking at me <laughs> and giving me, like, the the circular, like, yo, let's go, let's go, let's go motion in the background. There's no secrets from the when people, When we're Michael. discussing Chase Claypool in the semifinals, we've gone too far. All right, fine. Matt LaFleur says A.J. Dillon is clear concussion protocol. That's a really good – that's a really good piece of news. Yeah. If you're A.J. Dillon rosterer. Yeah. If you roster him. Okay. Are you happy now, Michael? All right. So the way that we're going to do this is we're going to go one by one, team by team. What we did was we split up all the games because of sixteen games. We each took a close look. A very well, we're all on, on, obviously prepared for all the games, but we each took a close look at a few games ourselves. So tomorrow is going to be the Matt games. So it's going to be me and Matt talking about the games that Matt did a deep dive on, and that today I did a deep dive on half. Michael did a deep dive on half. I did six. Michael did five. Since Michael did. Uh, the Thursday night preview, so that made it 6-6, six and six, so nice and even. So I'm going to start this one off, and the first game that I'm going to go to is the Lions at the Panthers. And so there's a lot of places you can start here with the Lions at the Panthers, but I want to start with the Lions' run defense because the Lions' run defense has been absolutely on fire the last few weeks. If you don't know about Malcolm Rodriguez, get to know about Malcolm Rodriguez. He's a fifth-round rookie who might be a top-10 linebacker, like, in the league already. This guy is amazing. And he is making a difference on this run defense. And It's it's not just him, though. It's not like just one guy. The whole run defense has been there. Rushing yards allowed in the last few weeks. Zonovan Knight, 23 yards. Dalvin Cook, 23 yards. Travis Etienne, 54 yards. During that time, they've also only allowed six catches for under 50 yards total to running backs in the last three games. This is not ideal for the running back matchup. Here, especially considering the way the backfield snaps have been playing out recently in the Carolina backfield. Uh, in the last, if I had to tell you of these two guys, of their snaps, the the snap percentage of just these two guys' snaps, where would you think they lie in the last two games? Where would you say? Like co- comparatively? Like like snap percentage, but but not counting like the third string running back snaps.
1: Well, even the third string running back has been getting snaps and Justin Jackson. Well, that's that's in Detroit. I'm talking about Carolina. Well, in Carolina, I know Foreman and Hubbard have been so what's very, your guess? very close. What's your guess? Basically even.
0: Yeah, I mean you're right. 42 percent Chuba, forty eight yeah. percent Foreman. So these guys are splitting the field. Yeah. And so there's they both of them are splitting the field against a lions defense that has been incredible. I am considering if I can. I am definitely considering sitting, Foreman in this game. Uh, Yeah, I
1: hate this matchup.
0: Yeah, it's bad. And so they've been beatable through the air, though. So I think DJ Moore is a good flex wide receiver three type play. Uh, But that's it for the Carolina side for me. How are you feeling about Carolina?
1: I mean, just for the running backs, Uh, and you know, I mean, overall, I think think DJ Moore is a good play. Yeah, uh, I'm not playing anyone else. A very good play um, as a wide receiver two three, but. Yeah, Deontay Foreman, he's only been – he's been good in, like, good matchups and positive game scripts, and then this past week really showed you how low his lows can be, um, getting just one single point on 12 rush attempts where they couldn't find any room against Pittsburgh, and Chubba Hubbard was the pass catching back, as we know. Detroit has just been locked down against opposing running backs recently. Zonovan Knight last week got twelve, thirteen 13 rush attempts, 23 rushing yards. Like, you do not want that out of your flex or RB2 spot. Um in the semifinals week, it's just it's not a good spot for the outday foreman. Um, let's go to the Lions side, then. I'm a fan of all the Lions this week. A- a- Rawr! Like, oh, uh,
0: that was annoying. <laughs> uh, definitely playing Swift and Amon, Rob, and considering Jamal Williams uh, as a flex-type play, um, considering Jared Goff in my quarterback slot, and I'm considering DJ Chark if you don't have any better options. Uh, the Carolina Panthers have been up and down as a defense uh, in terms of true throwback, uh, true defense, uh, matchup Magic. ranking: uh, The receiving running back, Mr. Swift, uh, has had a lot of success. Eighth uh, against the receiving running back and ninth against the rushing running back too. So uh, about even there and a good matchup, positive matchup for running backs. About a neutral matchup for wide receivers. The tight end is a little weak here, but you're not starting a lines tight end anyway. And the quarterback. Is a little weak, but you know, it's not like it's it's crazy, just minus 4.2 percent. So, basically, a neutral matchup as well. And Jared Goff has been playing well, though. Michael did say that he does play worse on the road, which is definitely the case. And
1: he's he is yet to put together a top 18, I believe, performance on the road yet this year in that given week. So,
0: not ideal, a little scary. Um, I will say this though, and th- this is something to be said Carolina. Their team has been different since J.C. Horn and, and uh, Chin, the safety, came back. So these dudes... He's, he's nice. Yeah, yeah, both of them are nice. So that's a, a big difference for their secondary. So maybe I'm kind of talking myself out of D.J. Chark here. Uh, not the worst play, but maybe not the best play. But I'm not scared of them in terms of Amon Ra. And, you know, it's hard right now because I feel like everyone is trying to stream a quarterback besides the people that have the great quarterbacks, but there's so little... Great quarterback play this year that I think that so many people are streaming them. So many people have multiple quarterbacks on their roster. You might be left with a guy like Jared Goff and just hope, you know, because you're not playing. What are you going to play? You're not going to play Gardner Minshew over him, are you?
1: Uh, It's close. Really? Wow. I guess the Cowboys? Yeah, you got to think. They're going to have to put up points to keep up with the Cowboys. I don't think that's going to be a 10 to 7 game. Oof. All right.
0: Anyway, uh, Swift, Ra, and maybe Goff. Chark, if you don't have better options, consider Jamal Williams. That's my summary. How are you feeling about that?
1: Yeah, I mean at this point, DeAndre Swift is a risky flex play. Like like I saw people ranking DeAndre Swift back in their top twelve running backs last week and I just wanted to punch a wall. Like we know what the situation is at this point. Let's stop acting like we don't. We don't we never know what's gonna happen with DeAndre Swift, but he just he doesn't get the touches. Like he needs to find the end zone. It's a decent spot for him to find the end zone, but nonetheless, it's he's a risky flex play. Jamal Williams has been losing snaps to Justin Jackson, yeah. which has been surprising. So it's uh, tough to trust anyone right now except Amon Ra. Uh, let's go over to... So, I mean, Michael completely
0: contradicted what I said about liking... the. I think I talked myself out of the lines as I talk I, through that as well. I do think
1: DJ Chark has some flex appeal if he catches a long one, but he has a fair amount of risk as well.
0: Man, I'm still mourning my home league team that I picked Amon Ross A. Brown the fifth round. is a great pick. That was going to waste. <laughs> <laughs>
1: ah, Michael. Get over it. Michael, Texans at Titans. Yeah, this one's going to be pretty quick because, one, you cannot trust any Texans players at the moment. Um, Royce Freeman randomly showed some juice last week, 11 carries, 51 rushing yards, but the most difficult matchup in the league is the Tennessee Titans on the ground rushing minus 37% points over average 32nd when it comes to rushing for um, opposing running backs. So not ideal at all for anyone in the backfield. And then you got Chris Moore, who has been interesting as a flex play um, with everyone out, but now Brandon cooks practicing full. So Brandon cooks, Brandon cooks, I do think has some wide receiver three juice. um, If he is able to return to his full workload, but like, those, that's the only guy you could really trust on the Texans. Then on the Titans' side, obviously you're playing Derrick Henry. He ran for 200 yards against Houston last time he played. He has six career 200 rushing yard games. Four of them have been against Houston, including their matchup earlier in the year. Like, it's been just the Derrick Henry show anytime he plays Houston. So if you have Derrick Henry, you got to be happy about that, especially now with Malik Willis at quarterback. Derrick Henry might get handed the ball 25, 30 times this week against Houston. Um, so obviously you got to really like Derrick Henry this week and you can no longer trust Traylon Burks. If he returns, you can't trust Chiggy Okonkwo if he, um, if, well, Malik Willis is at quarterback. It's not if anymore. Ryan Tannehill's out. So you got Chiggy Zima back to the bench. Same with Traylon Burks. Like you cannot p- trust the passing options when, tr- um, Malik Willis is over under passing yards is probably going to be like 98 like, the guy just doesn't pass. So, it's Derrick Henry in this game, maybe Brandon Cooks, and that's about it. Honestly, Tennessee Titans defense is a strong play as well against Houston. But, may, I mean, Houston defense even might be a decent play against Malik Willis if they're able to force some sacks and turnovers. But, obviously, you don't want to trust Houston defense in the semifinals. It's a uh, This is one to stay away from for the most part for fantasy reasons. Texans win this game. I wouldn't be entirely shocked. I mean, they took the Cowboys down to the wire, and then they went to overtime with KC. They're hot. Back-to-back weeks. They're hot
0: right now. And Tennessee's on a downward spiral. They are spiraling out of control. They could use a Nick Foles. They could use a Mike White. Yeah, they could. All right, let's get into this next game. Mike White would be far on the Texans. This one is the opposite. This one's going to be fun. This one has uh, fantasy points galore. Uh, in, In its future, I think... And that is the Seahawks at the Chiefs. Um, I should let you know beforehand that this is going to be a real feel of negative 8. Negative 8. But don't let the people tell you that that's going to make any difference whatsoever. It will not. Because there's not going to be enough wind to make the difference. The cold is not going to bother these guys, especially a guy like Pat Mahomes, who has thrived in the cold before. These are veteran teams with veteran guys this is not their first rodeo. They know what they're doing in negative eight. They know how they know how to bundle and they know what to do correctly, and they're going to do it and they're going to produce. Do not let anyone tell you that the weather is going to be an issue in this game. With that being said, the Seahawks defense has been on a downward turn big time. And especially against a running back. Against a running back, they are second. Uh, they're the second best matchup, included uh in according to true matchup rank. They allow 30 points per game to the running back. That is 35.4% over average to the players that they've played. Uh, Jarek McKinnon and Isaiah Pacheco, in my opinion, are both good plays. I would play McKinnon as an RB2. I play Pacheco in the flex. You have to start McKinnon. That's for sure. He's gotten 10 touches or more east of the last three weeks, 18 touches last week, Um and he's been doing great with them. He's been the RB2 twice in a row now. I mean, the RB1 overall, excuse me, twice in a row now. Uh, I think Juju continues to be a, the best wide receiver play. Now, the, the Seahawks have been good against the wide receiver, but I'm not scared of the matchup for Juju, uh, considering Juju's role. And everyone else is a dart throw. Uh, on the Kansas City Chiefs, unfortunately. This is no longer the very fun funnel offense uh, that you once had. Oh, how could I forget Travis Kelsey, obviously. Um, Travis Kelsey is a great play. Travis Kelsey is going to be the number one ranked uh, tight end easily, and that's because Seattle Seattle is the best. They've taken over Arizona as the best matchup for tight ends. 17.2 points a game to tight ends. They just let George Kittle dominate them last week. 72.6% Seventy two point six percent over average. Hi, yay, yay. Uh so obviously Travis Kelsey is smash play. McKinnon and Pacheco, I believe, are both plays. And if you want to take a real dart throw, hope MVS catches the long one. Uh that's my that's my Kansas City side. How you feel about that, Mike?
1: Oh uh, yeah. I, I like it. Um obviously Mahomes and Kelsey are my starts. McKinnon is basically my start at this point. Pacheco, I do think has some flex appeal, and yeah, I think you're you're right.
0: On the Seattle side, they will have to pass in this game. That is no doubt about it. So DK Metcalf is a great play. Not only is DK Metcalf a great play because he's DK Metcalf, he also does not have any targets to contend with with Tyler Lockett. He's in a great spot. He's in a great spot. Uh, Marquise Goodwin will be in that role. I mentioned about Marquise Goodwin. I think he has sleeper potential. Now, he did have one game this year where he started the game as the Lockett role and did not perform, and then he had another game this year where Lockett went down during the game, took over that role, and did perform. So it's going to be interesting to see what he does in this game. Uh, I think that he has, like I said, sleeper potential. Ken Walker is an interesting play here because you're definitely playing him if you have him. Don't get me wrong. But he has not been an RB1 since week 9. And the game script is just not in his favor this week. So I don't. Uh, while I think that Ken Walker is not a bad play, I think that his upside is definitely capped. He's limited. So if, if Ken Walker scores more than sixteen points, I would be shocked. And I think like I in the playoffs, if you're a big underdog, like if you just snuck in as a six seed and you're playing the number one seed, and they have and they're projected like thirty more points than you, like. I don't think you can play Ken Walker. I think Ken Walker is a guy that is for the team, the opposite team, the team that has the 140 projected. Just give me 10 points, and let's move on.
1: Yeah, I think you're just sleeping on Ken Walker, but so be it. Tell, tell me about it. Nah, I let mean, the, let, the, let the people know, Mike. He scored 3.5 against the Rams because he only played, like, 4 snaps, and then he didn't play against Carolina. I mean around those games, his last five games he's put up nine point nine, which was against San Fran, the most difficult or second most difficult matchup overall. Um I was saying that uh wait, what's the other team that was the, the most difficult matchup? Is Tennessee, um, on the ground. But that's for rushing overall for running backs. Um San Fran's the most difficult matchup. Las Vegas, he put up sixteen and a half. I mean, Tampa Bay, he put up 10. Tampa Bay is a very difficult matchup. Arizona, he put up 27 and a half. Like, Ken Walker has been very solid as the lead back this year, and I think he's uh being slept on a little bit this week. I'd also play Gino here.
0: I think that, Michael, you like Geno here?
1: Yeah, he's a tremendous option this week. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's going to be you assume that the Kansas City offense is going to score, so therefore you have to assume that Seattle's going to have to pass this ball. Um. Yeah. So that's the chug Seattle it, side. Chug it football. Uh, all right, Michael. That is the Seahawks at Chiefs. Let's burn it. Uh, you have your second game. This one's gonna be a little inter- more interesting than the first one. Bengals at Pats.
1: Yeah, Bengals at Patriots is my next game here. Not a great matchup on paper for the Bengals, but there is no defense that is more up and down than the New England Patriots. Um, I don't think. Like, you saw them get absolutely torched by Minnesota and then, like, oh, oh, wow, they stopped Zach Wilson and company. Like, the Patriots have been very up and down all season. They're one of the most i say they're, like, one of the biggest wild card teams in general um, of the year. Against Arizona, they shut down Arizona, but that was Colt McCoy. And then against the Raiders last week, they gave up 30 points to Las Vegas. Um, and they were able to move the ball pretty effectively against the Patriots. So I'm not shying away from my Bengals pass catchers and— Players, even though the Patriots are a difficult matchup on paper, I'm playing Burrow, I'm playing Chase, and I'm playing Higgins. There's no need to get cute when it comes to those guys. Um, and then you have Joe Mixon, who Joe Mixon is more of an RB two at this point than he is an RB one or a high end RB one that people drafted him to be. But he's not a player that you sit by any means either. He has a very very high floor and he could put up a high ceiling as well if he finds the end zone. Tyler Boyd has been a very solid. Flex type of play eh. all year. Nah, no, he has not. Yes, he has. No, he has. As hasn't. a flex player, Tyler Boyd has not been bad.
0: I'm gonna look that up when you continue.
1: Tyler Boyd has put up 12, eight, two and a half is obviously bad. Five and a half, seven, eleven and a half, twenty seven, ten. Like he's a t- solid flex play. Like he has had why some bad games. Why did you stop court. there? I'm not gonna go through his whole game. I know now. your tricks. You want me to go through his whole game log? Five, well, seven, twenty, 10. four, twelve. Like he's had some good games, has some down games. Oh yeah, four twelve. If you have, all I'm saying is if you have Tyler Boyd, he's not a bad flex play because he has upside as he's shown. It's four twelve somewhere, and there's no Hayden Hurst either. Still, so that's all I'm saying. But I'm I'm playing my main Bengals players um, without any without any question.
0: Easily, I think. Besides Tyler Boyd, yeah. we're in, we're in agreement.
1: And then on the Patriots' side, this offense has just been atrocious outside of Ramondre Stevenson. Ramondre has been about as consistent as you can get as a high-end option um, since he's taken over early in the year. So he's been a force. And it's it's possible of a pass-heavy game script here if the, if the Bengals are able to put up points. So I'm not shying away from Stevenson in that aspect either because, as we know, he catches a ton of passes. So no matter what, Ramondre Stevenson is a solid RB1 this week. Otherwise, the only player I have any interest in at all is Jacoby Myers, who has been atrocious of late. Um, but he dealt with an injury. He left the game early. He played limited snaps. He played, even last week, he only played 60% of the snaps. But now that he's uh, he's back on the field, you got to expect that to go up. He also had a touchdown called back against Las Vegas um, this past week. That ended up. I think they ended up calling a. a They ended up granting them a timeout even even after the play was ran and Jacoby Myers scored, and then he made one of the worst plays of the year to end the game. I mean, worst plays of the year is understatement. Handing the Patriots an L, so I do think he'll be hungry to make up for it. Great true matchup rank spot here. The Bengals are fifth um, for opposing wide receivers and true matchup rank. The only position that's um within the top five. So. Yeah, I think Jacoby Myers has some wide receiver three appeal here, even though it's been rough sledding for him for a few weeks. But other than that, Ramondre Stevenson is the only Patriot that I have any interest in at all. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm basically in the same way. And Devontae, I I forgot to mention, Devontae Parker is going to be out with a concussion. So if they were easing Jacoby Myers back in, um, Devontae Parker being out helps, you know, helps get him going a little bit more there because they're – they clearly don't like Kendrick Bourne. Tyquan Thornton hasn't really done much, so, yeah. All right, I'm going to my next game,
0: and that is the 49ers. I mean, the Commanders at the 49ers. Now, I just think personally, like, Ron Rivera this week came out and said that he's gonna he might consider making a switch at quarterback, and uh, that's concerning, number one, because it's a switch at quarterback. Number two, because,
1: well, Haneke's starting this week.
0: Yes, yes. But number two, because that doesn't show much confidence in your quarterback. And you're going to need to be confident against the 49ers defense that has been absolutely train wrecking people. I think this one has domination and outclass written all over it. I think the Niners are going to stomp the commanders. And I know that, you know, Jahan Dotson had a big game. And I know that Terry McLaurin has been very, very good. But I would not count on these guys to do, I I, I don't want to say much, but temper expectations. I would not count on these guys to lift you. Also, like I said, Antonio Gibson, 60% of the snaps last week, but 13% of the targets there, 30% of the rush share. So it's basically Antonio Gibson in the past game, uh, Brian Robinson in between the tackles. So who do you play in that situation? Especially in a PPR league, it's – I I would like to stay away from both, especially against the 49ers, who are the worst matchup against the running back. 15 points per game to the running back. That is dead last minus 28.6% above average. So 28.6% below average. Um,
1: Average. Average. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And the 49ers defense, like I said, is special. Uh, I think the commanders have a little bit of coming back down to earth to do after losing to the Giants. Kind of shows who they are, uh, the Commanders. They're just an overrated team. Um, With that being said, on the other side, the 49ers, a team that's not overrated, first of all, CMC, if we were doing this old-school style, would have been my Grand Slam smash. He is a Grand Slam smash this week in a phenomenal matchup. Now, the numbers may not say that. The numbers say that, that the Commanders are 25th in matchup ranking against the run, but that only tells part of the story, too. Because CMC is more than just a running back. He's a receiver as well. And they are sixth, the sixth best matchup for receiving running backs. They give up 25% points over average to the receiving running back. So, again, this is why Fantasy Football by Broto App, this is why you need it to get these little details. Uh, This is also a good matchup for Brandon Ayuk. Though the offense has been running through running backs and George Kittle, and Brandon Ayuk hasn't been part of it. That doesn't mean Brandon Ayuk won't be part of it. Eventually, they're going to have to throw to their wide receivers. And it's not a good matchup for George Kittle, on the, on the other hand. I know we had the big week last week, but only seven points a game given up by the commanders. That's almost 25% under uh, uh, Under the expectation for the players that they've already played the team, uh, points over average, and their matchup ranks, in, 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 cumulatively, is twenty ninth the third worst matchup in the league? So this is not a guy who has
1: football. What? Who has football? <laughs>
0: okay, 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 Mike.
1: <laughs> football it is
0: because George Kittle uh, loves football. Yeah. So if you didn't get this, I think that the Niners are good plays. I mean, George Kittle's Kittle's not also a great been better think, without Debo Samuel. That's true. And you're going to play him because of the tight end landscape. I think Brandon Ayuk as well uh, is worth a look in this game. The Commanders are the second best matchup for wide receivers. Um, So, good matchup, man. Good matchup. I I think this is going to be a blowout for for the 49ers wide receivers. Now, Brock Purdy is still delivering the ball to Brandon Ayuk, which is the real issue. Um, So, maybe not the most confident running out Brandon Ayuk, but...
1: Yeah. I, think. I still like him as a wide receiver three ish type play.
0: I agree. All right, Mike. Let's get into
1: your next game, which is the Giants at the Vikings, isn't is it? Yeah, Giants and Vikings this should be a a pretty solid game. Um starting on the Giants side, Daniel Jones is a very solid streaming candidate here against Minnesota. Minnesota is a great matchup for opposing quarterbacks, whether you look at passing or rushing, when you look at true matchup rank. Um they're ninth overall in true matchup rank, eighth passing, eleventh rushing, and we know Daniel Jones likes to use his legs every now and then. And the Minnesota Vikings put up points. So pass-heavy game scripts are certainly not a rare occurrence when you're talking about Minnesota. And last week's game against the Colts was just bananas, which led to a heavy rushing game for the Colts. But seven of the previous eight QBs prior to Matt Ryan have thrown for 300-plus yards against Minnesota. Obviously, Daniel Jones isn't going to throw for 300-plus yards, or otherwise it's, I mean, very unlikely that he does. Um, and his ceiling is slightly limited because they are going to try to run through Saquon Barkley and such. However, I do think Daniel Jones has a very solid floor in this one at the very least. Obviously, you're starting Saquon Barkley. He got going in the um, he got going last week after some down weeks, and he could certainly get going in the passing game where Minnesota is third in um, true matchup rank for receiving running backs. They're 21st in true matchup rank, but third receiving, which is nice for Saquon Barkley as we know he's the uh, pass catching option in that backfield as well. I like Darius Slayton as a wide receiver three. He's lost some of his luster over the last several weeks, but he's still operating as a wide receiver one in this offense. Minnesota is an elite matchup for opposing wide receivers, especially wide receivers who can get downfield. So I do like Darius Slayton as a play in this week. And I think if I, like you said, if we did the uh, the original format, my deep sleeper would be Isaiah Hodgins. I think he's a low-key interesting flex play here. Um, if you're in a deep league or if you're struggling and, you know, your league has deep benches and things of that sort, Isaiah Hodgins... Was not great last week, um, but he did see four targets. Went four for thirty-seven. The week before that, he went four for thirty-eight and a touchdown. The week prior to that, he went five for forty-four and a touchdown. And he's been getting snaps. So, in a great matchup here against Minnesota, I do think Isaiah Hodgins has some appeal as a uh, deep streaming option. And I'm not going to trust Daniel Bellinger.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's man Isaiah Hodgins. You make me play Isaiah Hodgins in a in a semifinal matchup. Sometimes it comes down to that. If
1: you're in a 16-team league or, like, you know, big benches and you don't really have options, I think you do worse than Isaiah Hodges. I mean, I I don't disagree with you. Um, Let's move on to the Bills at the Bears. Well, no, I still got to go over the Vikings.
0: No. No. The Vikings Vikings owe me a lot of money last week. I'm
1: I'm happy (laughs) with the Vikings. On the Vikings side, look, the Giants, you know, the Giants aren't um, tremendous matchups, but they're also not bad matchups by any means their true matchup ranks are are actually way better than you'd expect because they uh they they've been playing bad opponents this year like they haven't had the most difficult schedule um 12th and true matchup rank for opposing qbs 10th for running backs 9th for tight ends and 7th for for wide receivers Kirk Cousins is a QB1 in this matchup he's been very solid um recently besides that despicable game against Dallas 25 against Detroit, 34 and a half against Indy, 22 against New England. Like he's been a reliable QB one this year. Dalvin Cook, um, obviously you're playing Dalvin Cook. I don't really think we need to discuss him much, even though he has been a little less reliable this season as than you would probably want him to be. <coughs> Excuse me. Whoa, obviously you're starting damn, right in the ears, bro. Yeah, sorry. Obviously you're Jeez. starting Justin Jefferson. Yo, how
0: long you been podcasting? Were you cough right into the thing?
1: It was. It was surprising. I wasn't expecting a call. Dude, you
0: just, like, took my ears out, man.
1: <laughs> I, like, choked while I was talking. Um, but, yeah, obviously you're starting Justin Jefferson. And then uh, otherwise, Adam Thielen has become quite untrustworthy and has been massively out-targeted by K.J. Osborne over the last several weeks as well, the last two weeks to be exact. But Adam Thielen still has found the end zone in back-to-back weeks, which has allowed him to be a wide receiver three flex serviceable player. Against the Giants here, I think he is still a flex play, um, and I'm not I'm not chasing the KJ Osborne um, game from last week. I think that was more of an outlier performance. Obviously, they were down by 33, and they had to come back from that. And then TJ Hawkinson has kind of fallen off a bit since his uh, resounding statement when he entered the Minnesota Vikings passing offense. But the Giants are the ninth ranked team and true matchup rank for opposing tight ends. He still saw nine targets last week against Indy, eight the week before against Detroit. He just hasn't found the end zone or is really connected with Kirk Cousins of late. I think that, uh, I mean, if you have TJ Hawkinson, you're not going to sit him in this tight end landscape. So I do think he has a a good shot to have a solid game this week.
0: I think that the only thing I really disagree with you on there is that KJ, I think KJ Osborne has a little appeal. I think that those type of games, they don't just happen... In like they happen tend to happen in bunches, and that's because the guys who have those type of games they usually get more playing time afterwards.
1: I mean, I don't think he's gonna, I don't think that's gonna happen. I think it was just more they were down thirty three zip, and you know they had to pass a ton. He saw sixteen targets, bro.
0: I I mean, sure, but if he sees nine, he's still a fantasy viable player. Kirk Cousins is. uh, I don't think he'll see nine. All right, that's 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 fair enough. But I do think that we we differ with that. How about this, Michael? Over under, we'll make a bet. Over under five catches, and seven <laughs> targets for KJ Osborne.
1: Uh, should we put halves in there? Six and a half. Six and a half targets. Six and a half targets. Look at you, four and a half. Receptions. Look at you taking the. Wow, both? You get the hook right. on both? No, right. choose
0: one. No, what do you mean? You want me to bring it up to five and a half? That's a whole other reception. Don't take it to seven and a half targets. I'm not doing anything because Whatever. I'm just giving you Fine. the same odds I gave. Whatever, There's just no man. pushes now. Yeah, exactly. You That's huge for you. That's not huge for me. Why that is that huge it. for pushes neither of us win? Exactly. But what? now, if, so but now, now those push. are wins for you. No, because the, but the number I set is, is five. If I go to five and a half, that's not true. Four and a half is true. Whatever, I'm already writing it down. All right, good. All right, let's uh, let's <laughs> let's get to the next one. Uh, Bills at Bears was my game. And this is one of those games that's definitely going to be affected by the weather. Um, right now, the real feel for this game is minus 16 degrees. But the real problem Fun. is that the winds are going to be over 20, 20 miles per hour. And when the winds get over about 18 miles an hour, that's when the real... Effect starts to happen to to uh, to fantasy quarterbacks and fantasy kickers. receivers, kickers. And when it's over twenty miles per hour, that's when it gets really bad. And this is going to be over twenty miles per hour. Twenty miles an hour is like the low uh, projected here. Now, keep this like look. No offense to any meteorologists that might be listening right now, but weathermen for the most part, like they suck to to the point, to the point to the point where they don't suck. They're like as good as they can be at their job. But like weather's just unpredictable. You don't know where the wind's gonna blow. You don't know where this is gonna go. That's gonna go. So this could change. But with that being said, if the forecast stays how it is right now, I'm worried. I'm worried about Stephon Diggs. I'm worried about Gabe Davis. I would not touch Gabe Davis with a ten foot pole. Um, I'm worried a little bit about Josh Allen. But Josh Allen's rushing upside always is there. Um, so I'm not. I'm. I'm still starting him with confidence. Dawson Knox, he's been hot. He's been a guy that you can stream. He's been getting TDs. It seems as though he's TD or bust in this
1: game. I do like Dawson Knox. As a, he was probably in on the waiver wire, so I do think he's a streaming option.
0: I mean, yeah, but in 20-mile-per-hour winds, you, he's going to have to catch a touchdown or he's going to be completely – he's going to be useless.
1: I'm not useless. I'm useless. <laughs> okay. That's from uh, – Courage
0: Cowardly Dog. I think there is one thing that you need to look at here, and that's obviously the running game. Um, outside of one short week, Singletary has been getting the majority of the rushing work. Uh, it's James Cook really, like, Michael really nailed that one on the head, I got to say. While everyone was telling you that James Cook is on the way to taking over that job, Michael was like, well, no, it was a Thursday after they played, so that's probably why James Cook got more work, and that's exactly what happened. And so I think Devin Singletary is a, is a name that hasn't been, like, Super in the fantasy conversation the past few weeks, but I think that his name pops up and he's a guy that you should definitely start in this game. Devin Singletary, I think James Cook has deep sleeper potential. There's an outside chance, but I'm not. I'm just worried about pass catchers, even if they're coming out of the backfield. I'm just worried about pass catchers. So, yeah, like how do you how do you feel about the
1: the Bills in these in these conditions? I mean, I'm gonna play my Bills, and by play my Bills, I mean Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. And maybe Dawson Knox. At this point, I'm definitely not um, trusting Gabe Davis. And Devin Singletary is more of a a floor play. Like you said, like James Cook hasn't really stolen any work of late. Um, well, not as much as people expected it. But Devin Singletary still hasn't been very reliable by any means. I do think this is one of those games where if they take a big lead, James Cook could come in and get a ton of work and end up being a solid fantasy play. But... That would have to be in a desperation flex type of play or deep league where you're going to trust James Cook. But there's a chance the Bills blow out the Bears. Let's go to the Bears side. Um,
0: I think Fields, Justin Fields has a outside chance to be the quarterback one overall this week. I don't even think that's an outside chance. I know that the, I just think you got to throw away all the matchups uh, when it yeah, comes. He's just going to run. He's just going to run so much. And. You know, I'm not starting Chase Claypool. I'm not starting Equinemius St. Brown. I'm not starting any of the pass catchers. So, I mean, Cole Komet is an interesting one because he's one that I would definitely play if not for the (laughs) fact of the wind as well. So I think he becomes touchdown dependent uh, in in addition. But, you know, it's, it's a tough tight end landscape unless you have another one that's even in the conversation. I think that, you know, you can play Cole Komet but I'm not playing any of the wide receivers. And even the running back situation, David Montgomery has been pretty solid as the only guy. The only problem is he's not the only guy anymore. And it's impossible to know how much they're going to play Khalil Herbert. Now, all the reports say Khalil Herbert has been activated and is expected to play, but you just don't know how much. There's a chance that David Montgomery goes right back to what he was with Khalil Herbert, and Khalil Herbert goes right back to it. If you look at at the game and what it's going to be, Khalil Herbert is more of the bruising running back that kind of fits this type of game script anyway. So it's hard to trust. Like, obviously, you're still starting David Montgomery. It would take an iron set of balls to start, um, what's his name, Khalil Herbert in this game. So I'd stay away from that unless you're in a desperate situation in a dynasty league or, or something like that. But, yeah, I think that, in, in my opinion, it's the Justin Fields show. I think Justin Fields might end up, like I said, the QB one on the week.
1: I mean, if he runs for a hundred yards and a touchdown, he very well could.
0: Yeah, I I think that that's, I think that uh, the one touchdown by Justin Fields, I think, is one of the easier locks for a touchdown that you can have.
1: I mean, a rushing touchdown. You mean? Yeah. I I assume I haven't looked at the props But I assume it'll be near even or so Yeah Because it's just It's 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 probably gonna happen um, Yeah that's my take on the Bears Mike what do you think? Yeah I mean I don't have much to say Besides You can't really trust anyone Outside of Fields And maybe David Montgomery But I even think If Herbert returns It certainly Dampers his outlook a bit Dampers Dampers Dampens Dampens I was gonna say tempers, tempers, and expectations. You know,
0: tempers, dampers,
1: dampens, Dampen. diapers, Jink.
0: poops, poops escaping diapers. Mom and dad cleaning it up and being disgusted the whole time.
1: It's just a word association. That was a, that was a haiku. All right, Michael, Not you're up, close to a haiku. I know, <laughs> Michael, you're up next. Eagles at Cowboys. <laughs> Fly, Eagles, fly. How about them Cowboys? Look, we got a divisional <laughs> matchup here with the Cowboys and Eagles. Um, two very good defenses in terms of true matchup rank. But this is a divisional matchup here. Um, unfortunately, it's not going to be a full-capacity game, just like the first one in terms of all the uh, all the players. Um, the first time they played against each other, Dak Prescott was out, and now Jalen Hurts was out. In that game, the Eagles won – 26-17 so scoring wasn't like significantly down in that one and I don't expect that to be the case in this one either so I think Gardner Minshew is a decent streaming option um, just because of the awful weather forecast around the league and rough QB situations and matchups this is not a great matchup on paper but it's still um, a big time divisional matchup the Eagles are fighting for the number one seed they're they the 13 and one right now and uh, they still have the weapons and the, uh, the offensive system that has made Jalen Hurts an MVP candidate this year. So I do think Gardner Minshew has some streaming appeal. Miles Sanders was atrocious last week, but we've seen this out of him this season. He is inconsistent, but so is almost every other running back in the league that doesn't rely on catching passes every week. So, I mean, I, I still think Miles Sanders is a solid RB2 play this week against the Cowboys, even though he uh really shit the bed last week and it's not a great matchup on paper. But the Cowboys... Although they're 28th in true matchup rank to opposing running backs, they're 17th rushing, which bodes well for Miles Sanders because that's where he does most of his work. Um, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith have both just been very, very good for several weeks now. I mean, A.J. Brown is a stud. We know that. He's put up 10.5, 28.9, 15, and 23.5 over the last four weeks after a little bit of a downstretch. Just, you know, we just proving to everyone again that he's A.J. Brown and he's a he's a monster. And Devontae Smith, on the other hand, three straight weeks of 19.7, 14.9, 16.1. Like, he's also been a tremendous asset for Jalen Hurts and company. I do think – I think it's very stupid when people – that people are saying, you know, don't really downgrade – AJB and Devontae Smith much because of the change from Hurts to Minshew. Obviously, Hurts is better than Garner Minshew, and I don't know if there's going to be an increase in volume that other people are expecting, but nonetheless, if you have these guys, I I think it'll be very difficult to sit them. Um, That's not something I'd be interested in doing. And then if Dallas Gata returns, the tight end position absolutely sucks, so you are Absolutely right. If you think I I'm going to insert Dallas Goddard right back into my lineup. Whether it's a difficult matchup here against Dallas or not, twenty fifth and true matchup rank, but I don't care. It's Dallas Goddard. He was a locked and loaded tight end one week in and week out, weeks one through ten. No no questions asked him starting Dallas Goddard. Um if I have him on my roster. Interesting. Are you
0: are you not worried about his like uh possible like limited snaps or anything like that?
1: I mean, no. If they say he's back and playing, I'm going to play him. Even like we saw last week, Darren Waller came back, and he had some limited snaps, but he still was just involved in the offense right away.
0: Did you end up losing that matchup where you sat him because of that? Yes. Damn. That's rough.
1: Yeah. What are you going to do? On the Cowboys side, same thing I said about the Eagles, ditto for the Cowboys, hard-fought divisional matchup. I don't think it's going to be a defensive battle. Dak is a trustworthy QB1. Um, I'd play CeeDee Lamb. I'd play Dalton Schultz, even though Dalton Schultz has been a little bit worse than you would have liked in uh, in recent weeks. He's been pretty touchdown dependent. I in, in the tight end landscape that we are in, I'm still playing Dalton Schultz in this matchup against Philadelphia. Noah Brown just had a two-touchdown game, but he's been inconsistent. Same with Michael Gallup. These are not guys I'd be chasing at this point um, in the season, in the semifinals. you Taking a chance at Noah Brown or Michael Gallup was just more of a desperation type of play. Tony Pollard's a weekly must start at this point, and so is Zeke. I do, however, have some pause regarding Zeke this week. Um it, that rhymes so Zeke this week. The the Philadelphia Eagles are a, 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 a very solid defense. Um the most the basically since Zeke has returned from his injury, he's played very good rushing matchups in every game. Minnesota, mm-hmm. the Giants, Indy, Houston and Jacksonville are all top half rush defenses. Philly is not a great rush defense, um but they are 22nd in true matchup rank for opposing running backs, which is not ideal for Zeke because we do know he's a he's a bit touchdown dependent. He's just happened to find the end zone in six straight games. So if he doesn't find the end zone, I think bad timing but I do think Week 16 could be the game where he reverts back to flex-type production rather than the low-end RB1, high-end RB2 production that he's been ret- returning to his fantasy teams because of his touchdown propensity. Uh,
0: Michael, that was a very like large-word-type situation. <laughs> it, just did. it was a uh, call me a card. All right, let's get into the next game. The Falcons at the Ravens. The Ravens. So it's interesting because the Falcons are a great defensive matchup. Unfortunately, the Ravens are currently uh, running out: Demarcus Robinson, Deshaun Jackson, James Proche, and Sammy Proche. Proche. Excuse me, and Sammy Watkins. Not ideal, to say the least. Tyler Huntley is also very bad at football. Yeah, so a guy that's not going to be getting them the ball. Uh, so it's tough to. Count on the wide receivers. You think maybe Demarcus Robinson, if you're if you're desperate, has a chance here. He is the number one de facto. Um, but you are staying away from
1: anyone else. You should even stay away from him, if I'm being honest, because it's gonna be the running game. I mean, uh, I I'm not trusting Demarcus Robinson. Maybe if Lamar Jackson returns i, I consider it, but it doesn't look like Lamar Jackson's returning. So. Don't
0: get ready for Michael not to agree with me. I think J.K. Dobbins has uh, RB1 like overall potential this week uh, yeah. it, in against the Falcons. The Falcons' run defense um, has been bad, particularly against the Rush 32.1% over average. That is sixth. Um, and they're just overall the ninth best matchup for running backs. They're going to run it <coughs> down the throat. I think that Gus Edwards... If I said J.K. Dobbins has the capability of being RB1 overall, but the reason why I don't think that's the case is because Gus Edwards, I think, has an opportunity to also be a viable flex play. I think that's only, though, if J.K. Dobbins and him are splitting the carries and splitting the snaps.
1: I mean, Dobbins has been a lot better than I expected since his return.
0: Dobbins has been good. Uh, he's yeah. been very good. So I think that uh, you know, leaning on Dobbins in this matchup, I wouldn't be too scared. I think this is a good matchup for him. Uh, and on the Falcons' side, what else can you say besides Desmond Ritter starting? I think that uh, Cor- Cordero Patterson will continue to be a good play in this game, uh, even though the the Baltimore defense has been good. Tyler Algier will continue to be a good play, even though the Baltimore defense has been yeah, good. when
1: you say good, what do you mean by I good? I mean
0: like the flex-worthy play. I suppose. I think that you could play him. I think that they're going to get the volume, without a doubt, 100%.
1: I mean, they are likely to get a... A lot of volume, unless they fall behind. But this is also a game where Tyler Huntley sucks, so maybe they don't fall right. behind. Right? I think that's. I don't think they're going to fall behind. I don't think the Ravens could be another. Can put you know, up twenty points. Could be another twenty-nine, thirty carry game out of Patterson slash Algier, and
0: that's what I'm. That's why I'm saying that they're playable because I th- I do think that that is going to be the case. I just don't think they're going to give the ball to the rookie like that, uh, right now. So, did I cover both sides? Yeah. Right. Falcons. Ravens. Um, oh no, I didn't cover half the Falcons. Um, yeah, so I I play the you basically running
1: backs. did when you said Desmond Ritter.
0: Yeah, because I'm not. Yeah, I'm also not trusting Jake London or any of the pass catchers there.
1: Yeah, if you, if, I don't. London like. did do a a solid job. Um, very high target share last week in Desmond Ritter's debut. Eleven targets, seven for seventy, and a f- lost fumble. But his ceiling is so ridiculously low at yeah. this point. That, like, Can't play him. What's the point of playing him Can't play him Especially in in, in a situation Playoff situation Alright Michael
0: Your last game Finish it all Sit it all strong <laughs> Okay Versus
1: The Steelers. No, you, Yeah there you go I was gonna say the, <laughs> What are you doing This is worse than me Accidentally coughing Gross <laughs> I don't even know What that was All right, I'm going to start on the Raiders' side. Derek Carr has been a very solid, high-end QB2 type over the last several weeks. Gross. He's put up 20-and-a-half. Besides the Rams game, uh, 20-and-a-half, 17, 22-and-a-half, 20, 18, 18 18-and-a-half.
0: Besides his worst game.
1: Yeah, he had one bad game in a six-game stretch. You're not going to let the guy live? Nope. Well, fair enough. (laughs) But anywho... um, if you're looking for reliability, um high end QB two type high floor guy, I do think that uh Derek Carr will provide you with that. And then uh QB landscape that we have, you lost Der- uh Jalen Hurts or Kyler Murray. Derek Carr could be good enough for you to at least, you know, not get twenty eight points from your from your QB, but eighteen or nineteen points or so in a decent matchup game here against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um You have to start Josh Jacobs. He's the locked and loaded top two running back week in and week out at this point. He gets a ridiculous workload. Same with Devontae Adams. Back-to-back down weeks. But I'm not going to be the guy who tells you not to start Devontae Adams um, at this point in the season. And then I'm also happily inserting Darren Waller back into my lineup. The Pittsburgh Steelers are 24th in true matchup rank against opposing tight ends. But Darren Waller returned last week. Played... Not his full snap share, and it didn't matter. Three targets, three receptions, 48 yards, and a touchdown. Um, I'm starting Darren Waller this week if I have him because he could have a game like that or he could find the end zone at any point. So I'm happily inserting Darren Waller back into my lineup. I'm passing on the secondary and tertiary option in in this one, the Mac Hollins' and company. Um, it's a good matchup here against Pittsburgh, but Mac Hollins. Mac Hollins is similar to Drake London um, where it's If you want a semi-decent flex play, he makes sense if you're looking for a bit of a floor. Um, But even with Darren Waller's return, we don't know how much that's going to affect Mac Collins' pass-catching appeal. So I'm passing on Mac Collins in this one. Pittsburgh side. If Mitchell Trubisky was starting, I'd like the wide receivers more. But Kenny Pickett is through concussion protocol, and he's already been named a starter. But the Raiders... First and true matchup rank for opposing quarterbacks. First and true matchup rank for opposing running backs. 12th for tight ends. 10th for wide receivers. Just a opposing offense's dream. But then we see a team like the Patriots last week and Mac Jones just forget how to play offense. Um, Despite playing this ridiculously bad defense that is the Las Vegas Raiders. So I'm not putting my eggs in the Kenny Pickett basket by any means. I'm definitely not trusting him in a regular 1QB league. The wide receivers, I, Deontay Johnson has been a wide receiver three over the last couple weeks, but he has not caught a single touchdown this season. George Pickens completely relies on big-time plays to boon his fantasy output. Tremendous matchup makes him a little bit more interesting to me this week, but these are not players to be overly excited about. I just think they're wide receiver three. Flex plays with limited ceilings. The guy I think has the most upside on this offense. Najee Harris. Um, Najee Harris was very bad to start the season, if we're being honest, but he has turned it up of late a little bit. Um, oh, since his bye week, he's put up 9.9, 25.5, 10.5, 9.7, 12, 14.5. He has uh really taken over this backfield. Jalen Warren is an afterthought at this point. Great matchup here against Las Vegas. I do think they're going to try to get Najee Harris involved early and often. So I do think Najee Harris is a very strong play this week in a top 15 running back. And last week, man, hugely disappointing game from Pat Friermuth. right when people needed him the most. He put up a donut. A donut in week 15, Tim.
0: I was there. I had I had him and I I sat chig and he was one of the reasons why oh,
1: and he was one of the reasons why
0: I mm, that was one of the reasons why I lost in in, in fantasies. The, the fantasies yeah, is the name of it. Not ideal and
1: I was kind of confused by it, so I looked at the uh I looked into it more, and it was a very game script-driven reasoning for the zero from Pat Firemuth. The run-blocking tight end, Zach Gentry, actually played more snaps than Pat Firemuth because the Steelers held a lead the entire game and were running out the clock for the Mm -hmm. most part. So that's interesting um, to me, at least. I don't think that means Pat Firemuth is a bad option anymore just because he had that bad week. I do think the Raiders um, are going to put up more of a fight than the Panthers did last week. And I do think Pat Firemuth still has tight end one appeal. And I'm not going to just completely shun him now in the semis after a a season-long sample of pretty solid, trustworthy tight end output. That's
0: how the tight ends are. You got one, play them. Even if it's not the best matchup. All right, let's get into this next next game, um, this next game. Uh, the final. Yas, game. the next game. Final the, the, game, right? The final game of of the Saturday slate. Again, uh, just programming note before we get into it. Uh, the Saturday slate is the main slate um, this week. That means red zones on Saturday. Um, our crunch time show is going to come to you on Saturday. Um, and this game is going to come to you on Saturday. It is the New Orleans Saints at the Cleveland Browns. Uh, this one is going to be pretty crazy. Uh, temperature at 8 feels like negative 13. Wind at 26 miles an hour. That is a windy, windy day. We talked about it. Uh, Michael talked about possible 40 mile power hour gusts um, that are coming during that day. So keep an eye on the, on the weather. But... You know, this is one of the this is one of the you know best parts about having uh, two shows in two days. Like, if there's an update on the weather, we'll let you know. But for as of right now, I'm going to make these predictions with the weather in mind, and I can make it very clear for you. There are two players in this game that you're playing. If the weather is how it is, if Nick Chubb doesn't play, he hasn't been practicing two games. If Nick Chubb doesn't play, you are playing Kareem Hunt, and you are playing Alvin Kamara. If Nick Chubb plays, you are playing Nick Chubb and Alvin Kamara. There's no one else to play in this game. Don't play Amari Cooper. Don't do it to yourself. Don't play Deshaun Watson. Don't do it to yourself. Donovan Peoples-Jones has been really good for people, but in this type of wind with a quarterback with the skill of Deshaun Watson right now, you cannot, cannot play him. Two guys. That's it.
1: I know it's I know it's short, but that's what, just what it, what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, if there's 30 mile per hour sustained winds and 60 mile per hour gusts in a below freezing, like below zero degrees Fahrenheit feel, this could be a very ugly game. The uh, the over-under is one of the three lowest over-unders since 2004, 20 years. I don't know how you'd be able to trust anybody in this game outside of Kamara and Chubb. Maybe, maybe Taysom
0: Hill. Gives you a little bit of upside.
1: No, I wouldn't trust Taysom Hill either. Yeah,
0: I mean, but... just It's because rushing.
1: But even, like, very, very skeptical on Amari Cooper, who's sucked since Deshaun Watson took over. There's
0: no way I'm playing Amari Cooper. If you are telling me that, oh, it's the playoffs, and what you're gambling on is Amari Cooper has his first good game under Deshaun Watson in 26, possibly 40-mile-per-hour wind gusts, no thank you. That is not... Like one of my one of my philosophies that I haven't said in a while because it's not draft season is I don't like to bank on things that have never happened before. I don't like to bet on things that never happened before. Let them happen and then they've been in the universe and then I could bet on them happening again. Amari Cooper has never had a good game with Sean Watson. You're gonna want it to be <laughs> his first good game. Is gonna be in the win like this? No, no, none for me, thanks.
1: No, no drinks for me. Thanks. No, 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 Cooper for me. Thanks, Amari. Poopa. Is that how we're ending? Well, we got the uh, the start sit questions. That's how we're ending the um the games.
0: Michael, we do it tomorrow. bro. It's Thursday. Yeah. They still got the mm. start sits. Mm. I know, but Michael wants mm. in. Michael's itching. Michael's itching. I'll just answer in the Discord. Though. Yeah, he will. He'll just answer in Discord. Michael's our our resident start sit guy in the in the pod. We trust him the most with star set decisions. Like well, nice team. Yeah. Well uh, today today before we started, I'm like, all right, Michael, let me make sure that you're either eliminated or not in the playoffs in in these leagues. Okay. And then I ran through all the leagues that Michael's not in and I just asked him for all of his advice. Yeah,
1: we started like twenty minutes after I thought we were gonna start Yeah,
0: because there was some there's some there's some big decisions to be made. <laughs> I ha I I don't want to say it out loud and jinx it, but, like, my work league, my team is, my, I don't, I'm not saying anything. All I'm going to say is my work league. That's it. I'm, Michael, where can they find you? At Brodo F Mike. At Brodo FF Tim. At Brodo Casanova. At Bro Jason. At Psych Ward FF. At Brodo Fantasy. At FF by Broto. Spicy or regular sausage? Regular.